Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT. Two big shows for both brands. We get into NXT and the two big announcements that we're going to hear from William Regal. Also, AEW has to follow up what was a crazy main event at AEW's Revolution on Sunday. And we also get in did the ending of the exploding barbed wire deathmatch ruin the match for you? And obviously, Bully and I get into a heated discussion. And speaking of Bully, both myself and Gabby took a trip to the Team 3D Academy in Connecticut. What happened? We'll tell you on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. I'm going to watch I, NXT Live, and I will tape AEW. Fascinating, fascinating point by you, Bully. And this is why you're the Hall of Famer and get paid the big bucks. Because this is a question that I want to pose to the nation and get an answer from them. Because NXT has a takeover-worthy show. So you would have to think, Bully, by judging from that and looking at what they have tonight, and then throw in the two announcements from Regal where he says it's going to change the landscape of NXT, not one but two announcements. So on the wrestling side, you gotta you gotta give the nod to NXT. I mean, freaking Io Shirai and Tony Storm. You've been talking about Tony Storm to your blue in the face on this show, and then Finn Balor, Adam Cole. You talk about fantasy booking. Finn Balor and Adam Cole is a main event match at a takeover. AEW, on the other hand, has the morbid curiosity. And what I mean by morbid curiosity, after that what-the-fuck moment on Sunday, by the way, I completely disagree with our last caller that was asking me about NWA and and AEW. He said the match was great. He didn't mind the ending. It didn't take anything away from the match. I'm sorry, but how, how is that even possible? How is it possible that you could have watched that match on Sunday and the end didn't take away from the match? You could go back and say, oh, shit, man, what a great effort from both those guys. God, that was they had me at this at the at the, you know, the edge of my seat. Oh, I loved it. But then the end happened. And that was a punch in the gut. That was a kick in the balls. But you cannot tell me that that ending did not matter. He didn't say the ending did not matter, and I agree with the caller. What? He was, absolutely. He said the end of the show didn't take away from the match because the match had already ended. The match was over. Now we're getting into an angle. I totally understand where he's come from, and I agree with him. Did the, the, did the, uh, the final, 
Where's the kaboom? <laughs> did that take? <laughs> hit it, Ed. Hit it, Ed. Do you got it, please? Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Exactly. It, um, it sums it up perfectly. It sums uh, it up perfectly. I, I laugh. I laugh yes. every time I see the gif or I, or I hear it. It's it's so funny, and I'm not laughing at AEW. I'm laughing with them. Um, yeah. No, seriously. Seriously. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I told you how I felt about the match. So it's not like the the lack of the kaboom was a part of the match. If it was a part of the match, then yes, it takes away from the match. But that was the end of the show and the angle. And, and, and Had bully, nothing I, to do with the match. Bully, I, I wish I could agree with you on this one. That's fine. I wish I That's could. Fine. I, I wish I could. Uh, because and and here we are. This is how like bully we we touted this. We hyped this for weeks leading up to Sunday. Here we are. It's 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 Wednesday, and I know it's not the center of our center of our conversation, but it's still being brought up. I DVR. I watched live and I DVR that show. I I I can't go. I can't go back and watch that match because I know. Why? Because I know how it ends. I know the what happens at the end there. Or lack thereof has nothing to do with the match. But it does, Bully. If the kaboom... No, Dave. Now we're going to argue. Because the, the lack of a kaboom wasn't the finish of the match. But it was what you were anticipating and waiting for. But it, the caller said... The lack of kaboom did not take away from the match because the match had ended. I completely agree. Did it take away from the aftermath, the angle that happened after? Sure. Was it the last thing that we saw for the whole night, kind of leaving a ugh feeling? Yes. But it doesn't take away from the match because Kenny and Mox beat the shit out of each other for 30 they minutes and had, a, and had a really strong barbed wire explode listen everything exploded that was supposed to explode in the match so how could the how could the the lack of kaboom at the end of the angle take away from the match it might have taken away from the night but not the match I, that was a match that i was like i the the way it was going and bully, I thought this all the way up to Eddie Kingston covering John Moxley in that ring. I was like, my God, this story is great. The the violence, the 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 physicality, the things that they did, they did some things that I've never seen in an exploding barbed wire death match before. And I was like, this is a to the point, bully, and you know, listen, you could you could destroy me on this all you want. Kenny Omega was wearing a, a t-shirt about their exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> like it was, it, it was like that. It was the grind, the grindhouse riding on the shirt. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got, when this is all over, I'm going to, you know, to AEW's website and I'm buying this fucking shirt. When everything was said and done, I'm sorry, bully as great as that match was. And that story was, I know it sounds silly, but the lack of kaboom 
I, can, I don't know if I can go back and watch it. I'm not buying the shirt, and I just want to forget about it. Uh, I think that's shallow. There are two. The completely- way I feel. But you're a shallow person. You're Dave. No, Lovato. I'm not a expect? shallow person. Take that back. No, um, it, there were two completely different sets of business at hand. Business one, the match. Business two, the angle. We, we need a reason for Moxley to be gone for a while. I Let's get blow it. him up. But that didn't happen, though, Bully. It didn't happen. So how did the lack of angle take away from the match? It was the finale. It was the end. Not of the match. You were anticipating it. Not, Not of the match. As a matter of fact, one of the guys in the match wasn't even there. Uh, Billy, everything you're saying, uh, listen, I'm not arguing. I'm not, I'm not screaming at you so that you're saying, oh, all right, now, Dave, I see what you're I'm not trying to change your mind. That, I can't go back spoke, and watch yes, that you match. Because yes, I are know what, how mind. it ends. You're trying to change my mind because you tried to put words in my mouth after that last call. You got, I, you know, bully. You have to agree with me. You can't go back and watch that uh, match anymore because the lack of kaboom took away from anything. Eh, wrong. I completely disagree. I could go back and watch that match right now and appreciate it for uh. the match because the bell rung. All of the explosions went off when they were supposed to. Listen, I can tell you that I might have thought the explosions were a little bit. I'll just use lackluster because I've seen the explosions, you know, of Onita and Funk. So, yeah, I would have jacked that barbed wire up with some more C4. I would have made it a little bit more visually appealing. I would have made the explosions bigger, but all the explosions went off. Everything that they had planned in the ring worked. The exploding barbed wire baseball bat worked. Everything worked. The bell rang. We got a finish. The match worked. The angle afterwards fell short because of a malfunction. I am not going to condemn the boys. I'm not condemning the the boys. You said you'd never go back and watch the match again. That's condemning them. I'm being honest with you. That's not condemning. I came on the air. You're taking away from their work. Bully, I came on. No, I'm not. Don't don't you put words in my mouth. I tell you what, learn how to take a fucking bump and then come talk. Oh, that is low. That is low. I came on the air. I came on the air on Monday. We spent 30 fucking minutes putting putting Kenny over and putting Moxley over and putting the referee over. We did that for eight if you're gonna put them over that hard i'm not watching the match come, again bully why? i can't do it why? because i know how it ends because you're shallow no i'm no, not the, shallow. i'm a very ma- i'm, I'm a deep man ends. i'm a deep man i run the deep. match on who The match ended in the ring. We got a final bell yeah, so you have no problem you'll go back and watch that match Yes. Oh, God, I can't do it. I cannot do it because I know how it ends. Then that's a kick in the balls to Kenny Omega and John Moxley. No, it's not because I'm giving. No, I'm giving it. It's unfortunate. Bully, listen, it's you could watch that timeout. Let me just make this. You could watch the match. And then once the match ends, you can you can can not watch (laughs) anymore. 
You can I stop watching. No, why? I can't. Because now there's the morbid curiosity. The same reason why I think more people are going to watch AEW than NXT. They want to know now the follow-up, what happened. Bully, I am not taking anything away from Moxley and Amazing. They busted their asses. They showed their passion and their love for FMW, for the exploding barbed wire death match. And they did a phenomenal job. And then some asshole in the back who I would think does not have a job as we speak on April 10th, 2021, fucked it all up. Now I can't go back and watch that match. Shallow. I can't do it. Some asshole. Probably has the sweater. Probably has a sweater that he ties around his neck. Yuppie scumbag. Granola eating Subaru driving. Oh, all of it. All of it. Kenny and uh, Kenny and driving 55 in the left lane. That's supposed to. It's the fast lane. You could drive 55. Get your ass in the slow lane, not the fast lane. But this guy who was supposed to have that ending come off the way that we were talking about it for years, is the same guy that drives 55 in the fast lane on the highway. Same How fast guy. do you drive in the fast lane? 65. Ugh. You're a part of the problem. No, I'm not. I'm part of the solution, my friend. No, you're a part of the problem. I can't believe you would actually say on the radio that you wouldn't go back and watch that match. The Maybe match. One day. Just the match. I can't. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. I can't. Bully, let me... Bully? The the ending of the match... You didn't even know if the explosion was going to happen or not. That match could have ended. Both guys could have rolled out of the ring. We would have never gotten the explosion uh, afterwards. But they angled it up afterwards because they wanted to get Moxley the hell out of there for a couple of months because he's going to have a baby. And and because (laughs) they wanted Eddie Kingston to, to be... The the uh, the sacrificial lamb, the baby face to make the save. One thing has nothing. To yes, do it with does. The other. It all goes no, it together. No, it does right. not. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example, and I'm gonna give you an example right now. And most people don't agree with me. Though it was nominated for an Oscar for best picture. I like Godfather three. I thought Godfather three was a really good movie. I can't go back and watch it. I saw it in the theater. The night it premiered, Christmas night, me and my brother went to go see Godfather 3. And I sat there and I was into it. I loved the whole story with the Catholic Church and everything. I thought it was great. Thought it was a really good movie. I'm sitting there. I'm saying, this is a good fucking movie I'm watching. Had the intermission. Go out, get some popcorn during the intermission. I'm saying to my brother, this is a great fucking movie. I'm so glad we did this. It's a great fucking movie. And I'm sitting there the second half, after the intermission, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. And I'm like, man, the story and everything, Catholic Church, all that's at God Five Three. It's a great fucking movie. And then the end happened with Sophia Coppola getting shot in the chest. Fucking awful ending to a movie. I have, since that night, I have never gone back and watched The Godfather 3. Never. And I won't. Why? Because the ending was terrible. A failure. The ending of that match on Sunday was a failure. 
Tenford on the entire match. I'm like, this is a great fucking match. This match is fucking great. I, that shirt Kenny Omega has, as soon as this pay-per-view is over, I'm going to go to the website and I'm going to buy that fucking shirt. I'm going to get that shirt. I'm going to wear it. And it's going to be day 47 of my WrestleMania t-shirt challenge. And then nothing happened. Fail. I can't go back and watch it. Fail. Because some guy who drives 55 speed limit on the, in a fucking fast lane on the highway didn't do his job right. He had one job. He didn't do it right. You get Onida to do this video package and everything. And you can't get the explosion right at the end of an exploding barbed wire death match. Are you shitting me? You're shallow. <sighs> you need help. What's wrong with you? And by the way, Godfather Three sucked. No, it's good. Not movie. because of the end. Not because of the ending. Just because it sucked from the beginning. Sophia Coppola gets shot at Daddy. Yeah, she was hot. Big deal. Daddy. Worst acting, I know, too, I've by seen Al you drive. in that moment. You don't drive 65. You're 55 the whole way. Your no, hands are at 10 and 2, and your eyes are on the road. But that's, the, that's what you're, suppo you're supposed to do to 10 and 2. And you probably and you lean forward up against the wheel. But that's you what you learn in driving you, school. You're you, just talking you about Gabby the street. With, the, with the wrestling school. You got to you know, tuck your chin, all that shit. Same thing. You, it's not you know, it. And then there's wrestlers that don't know how to do it. The and then, you know, I, I learned to have good habits in that thing. The first time I told Gabby to tuck her chin, she started to look like Tommy. <laughs> I'm going to go back. You know what? I'm going to, during the break, I'm going to go back and watch it. I know I'm not going to do it. I already deleted it. I deleted There's it. There's nothing wrong with the match. The caller said that it didn't take away from the match. Because the match had ended. I agree. The aftermath, which was an angle, is what fell short. So, go back and watch the match and enjoy it. And then press the stop button. Can't and go press watch the Godfather stop button. Because you Why know what's going to happen. Because you, you can press the stop button. Lord knows you use that fast forward button a lot. Yeah, thank God for the fast forward button. <laughs> Dear God. Ay, ay, ay. 877-344-4893. 877-FIGHT93. What are you watching? Live. NXT or AEW? Imagine if I'm... you could take a bump said as good as you bitched, moaned, and complained. Bully, Bully's watching NXT live. Gonna Absolutely. They got my attention. Io Shirai. You know what? And you know what you're going to want to watch? You're going to watch AEW. goes, oh, AEW. I love it. I love I'm such an AEW fan. I'm waiting for Tony Khan. I'm waiting for Tony Khan to explain what happened. You know, maybe 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 he'll comb his hair. Maybe he'll comb his hair. And then, you know, he'll say something on Dynamite tonight about the end. Now you're saying Tony Khan doesn't comb his hair. Doesn't comb his hair. Take care, brush your hair, Tony Khan, uh, throw some napkins in the air. He but he does the take care. He may throw napkins in the air, but he doesn't brush he his doesn't hair. Brush you know what's going on. He doesn't. Now, right? 
the guy does never going to come on again because every member of the Busted Open Nation is going to pick up the Twitter machine right now and be like, Tony, Dave said you don't brush your hair. He doesn't. What he is doesn't that brush you his hair. Going, what, what is that you have going on on top of your head? I got a lot going on. What exactly on, is that nice thick head of hair, 49-year-old man, thick head of hair. Do you I need to hair use like that? You want it like that or because Violetta wants it like that? No, Violetta. V, I shaved the beard. You didn't even notice I shaved my beard. Did you have it last night? No. Oh, sorry. I shaved, I it, after, I shaved it after the show. I, shaved it after the show yesterday because you said I looked old. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Ooh, you think I, I don't listen to you? You don't think I listen you know to you? you? You don't think you I do listen look to you? Younger today? Yeah. Do, Gabby and Ed. Doesn't he look younger today? Do I look younger today, Gabby or Ed? No. Ed's Meh. Ed's, Ed's got nothing. <laughs> I, was I need a, you know what? I need a Snickers. I need a Snickers bar. That's what I need. A Snickers bar after this. <laughs> I need to control my my emotions. Eat a Snickers bar. Maybe it's because I'm hungry. Maybe I'm hungry. Hangry. Hangry. Maybe I'm hangry. You're not you when you're hungry. Pizza. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're not you when you're hungry. I don't know who the fuck I am because I'm screaming and yelling about a fucking match that took place on Sunday and it's Wednesday. That's my life right now. Tony Khan doesn't brush break? his hair. Uh, Tony Khan doesn't brush his hair. Uh, the explosions don't happen in an exploding barbed wire death match. Poof. I What's this great. world coming to? I thought the match was great. I thought the angle fell short. <laughs> Poor Eddie Kingston. That's who you Poor really got to feel bad. Moxley's on his there. way out. He's like, hey, hey, I'm going to baby and all this stuff. This is the You clean up the mess. I'm out. Eddie's just got to hang out there, and he's got to face, face the public now tonight. Poor Eddie, when his hands just slumped off his head, his stomach must have been upside down, whispering in John's ear, why, why us, why? I'm, a, I'm supposed, wondering. I was supposed to be Odita. You were supposed to be Fog. I was supposed to save you. Sucks. It really does suck because that, that, that could have been memorable for all the right reasons. Now it's memorable for all the wrong reasons. See, one little thing can change the entire landscape. Think about that. It didn't change Went the from landscape being, of the match. It didn't, oh didn't affect God. the match for me. Do you want us to Look splice a, an explosion onto the end of the match to satisfy Ooh, your urges? Can there? you do that for me, Ed? You're good with this production shit. Can you do me a favor, Ed? Yes. And we're in break. I'm, I'm, we have to be in break, right? This. Is oh no, we're still here, we're still live on. Oh, the okay, air. I thought this. Was, I thought we were in break. No. All right, so Ed, what I need you to do oh, for me, for we're my well being. Yes. I need you to take that match, okay? And then I need you to get like any any ending to any exploding barbed wire death and just put the footage there at the end. Why stop there? I'll give you a Death Star blowing up, an Alderaan, whatever you want. Big boy. Yeah. We'll get some kyber crystals. We'll blow some shit up. Dave, do you know what a kyber crystal is? I have no idea what you're talking about. I really end don't, of the match. nor do I care. I will cut oh, directly. Ed. To the Enterprise self-destructing at the end of Star Trek Three. How about that? Do you notice that um, the testosterone level has dropped on this show since Ed became? That's because you don't take cold showers. My testosterone hasn't dropped. Mine's through the freaking roof. 
What's more testosterone than shit blowing up? Yeah, your testosterone. Yeah, yeah because it's some George Lucas CGI. It's not actually things shower. aren't actually blowing up, Ed. It's see, it's it's, no, it's, it's George real. Lucas. No, it's real. They shoot it at uh, the Kennedy Space Center. They right. blow shit up. Dear God, what I have to deal with on a daily. It's basis. still real to us, damn it. I, I mean, I could go ultra macabre if you want and throw in the Challenger exploding, but that's, that's, oh, Ed, that's why heavy. Why would you go Ed, there? What is wrong with you, Ed? Oof. We're talking about a wrestling okay, match. Okay, now, now go to break. 877, yeah, break. let's get there. Can we change that? Can we cut that oh, out? 877, Ed. Ed Robinson. Oh. Evil. He's evil. I told you he's evil. He's fucking evil, oh. Ed Robinson. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Most people think, Bully, that one of the announcements is going to be a NXT Women's Tag Team Championship title. Thoughts? You already know how I feel about it. Yeah. But for those who don't know how I feel about it, I'm not a big fan of it. That's, and I'm not saying I'm not a fan of the women in NXT because I think very highly of the job the women down there are doing. I just don't like another set of championships. I hate watered-down championships. Although, because of the confidence that I have in NXT, I think they will do a better job with their women's tag team championships than the main roster does with theirs. That's the only positive. If it was up to me, I would have workhorse champions that could work on every single show. Just like I've been professing about the Iron Man championship with Cesaro. It works. And I don't think, and listen, I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, you, you made it clear that there's just too many titles and now they're completely watered down by the amount that we have. Bully, I don't think it's a good idea. If this, if this is, again, we're just guessing. We don't know what these two announcements are going to be. But most people think it's going to be NXT Women Tag Team Championship titles. And most people think it's a great idea and they love it. I don't. I really don't. Because this decision is coming off the heels of what happened last week in the match involving Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Obviously, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai lost the match, which they shouldn't have. The legal woman was not in the ring. But, like, again, this is another shot at NXT. Because why is it that you have tag team titles for SmackDown or Raw and then something separate, completely different to NXT? Again, that causes a division between NXT and the rest of your roster. Another glaring decree that this is a developmental show and not part of Raw and SmackDown. And what is making Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez NXT Women Tag Team Champions have anything to do with the missed opportunity from last week? What it should mean is that they should get another match with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. 
you can put this under the microscope all you want. Here are my two very definitive points. I think NXT will do a better job with their women's tag team championships, and I still don't think they should have them. Yeah. Remember remember a couple of weeks ago we had the conversation about Ryback's comments about calling championships props? Yes. When you have this many championships, it's hard not to look at certain championships as nothing more than props. Garnish. Part of the gear. I want my championships to mean something. I don't care if there's only one championship. I want it to mean something. That's what made me such a fan of the NWA back in the day. I was force-fed comic book superheroes in the WWF growing up in in New York. Larger-than-life comic book superheroes. Where the championship never really seemed as important as I thought it should. And then when I started watching the NWA, I saw real men speaking about real issues and what appeared to be real championships to me. It's because of the way they held the championship, the way they talked about the championship. They put credibility on the championship. When I saw my champions back then in the WWF, it almost just seemed like accoutrement. Yes. Oh, Ed, you popped that I knew that word, huh? Accoutrement. And I said it correctly. Good word. Thank you. Dave, spell accoutrement. No, no thanks. All right, all right. But now, but all right, but take all that aside because I completely agree with you. I think most fans would agree with what you're saying as well. But let's just say that one of the announcements by Regal is that there's going to be NXT Women Tag Team Championships. Do you give those tag titles to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez? Because of Seems what like happened a consolation last week. plays, right? Yes. Like if I if I'm if I'm Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and they and William Regal comes out and hands us these NXT Women Tag Team Championship titles, I take them, I throw them in the garbage. I said, what do you, what is what is this? Like you just said, what is this consolation prize? Because because the uh, because you guys screwed up last week. No, we want Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler back in the ring. I don't want this kumbaya moment on NXT like, oh, yay, we have these tag titles. And boy, all the women say, wow, now we have this great opportunity to the brass ring. No bullshit. They got screwed. And it's not only that they got screwed. It's also the perception that the almighty Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, came down from the towers of Stamford, Connecticut, of Monday Night Raw, and then graced their presence on NXT. Don't it's you make fun of my tower. It's a consolation. You're 100% correct, Bully. It's a consolation prize. And you really can't do a tournament because you just had a tournament, right? Yes. Yep. He had a tournament in order to get the opportunity with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Well, I'm going to be open-minded, see what they do tonight. But um, if they get handed those championships and accept those championships, yeah, it is a consolation prize, and it's really not that big of a deal. I know we just had a women's tournament, but this idea just popped into my mind. Tell me what you think. How about if they did another women's tournament, but they did it Battle Bowl style? where all the women picked names out of a hat, and now we had unlikely tag teams, and we moved forward with a mini tournament with that. 
I can't. I, I mean, I guess you could do it. I guess you could do that. It's just still like after we just had one tournament, it's hard to follow it up with another tournament, and it, it almost makes that last tournament that you had for the Dusty Cup almost inconsequential because now you're having another tournament as well. Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Murray. You may know me as host of the Sirius XM Blitz on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Here now to introduce you to my new podcast, Going Long. Every week, I'll talk to big names both in and out of the world of sports, Hall of Famers, actors, actresses, comedians, broadcasters, maybe even some chefs. We'll discuss their lives, their successes, their failures, and of course, the one thing that connects all of them, a passion for sports. So join me every Thursday on the Sirius XM app pandora stitcher and apple podcast for going long something that is definitely not a mistake and it's something that's long overdue bully word just came down a few minutes ago breaking news in the world of the wwe that molly holly will be inducted into the wwe hall of fame class of 2021 Breaking news, as reported to on The Bump, yes, uh, three of, of their four viewers actually tweeted out that Molly Holly will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021. Congratulations to Molly. I think I put her through a table. I don't remember. You put a lot of people through tables, so I can understand you maybe um, forgetting about that. It all blurs together women. after a while. Yeah, it's a lot, lot of broken women, wood. A lot of women through tables. A lot of broken wood. A lot of broken wood. Also, today's an no, anniversary. No, that's great. That's great for Wally. I was actually, yeah. I actually, when we were in break, uh, I watched a clip on social media of Shane Helms, Hurricane Helms, actually telling Molly Holly about her Hall of Fame induction, and it was, uh, it was a fun little moment. So, if you want to, you want to check out the WWE's Twitter machine real quick. Uh, it, it, it's up there. And uh, she was quite surprised and shocked. She got a tear in her eye. And uh, congratulations to Molly. Long overdue and definitely, definitely Hall of Fame worthy. So um, I think that's awesome news in the world of the WWE. And we'll see how they will present uh, this year's uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. Ed, do you have any word on that by any chance? By golly, we do. They put out an announcement today. Uh, details for the upcoming Hall of Fame ceremony. It is set to stream on Peacock on Tuesday, Peacock. April the 6th. Peacock! Peacock! And as it has just been announced that Molly Holly will be inducted the class of 2021, and they'll round out the rest of that class, they will carry over and induct concurrently the class of 2020 from last year, so they will all get there just to. That includes Batista, the Bella Twins, JBL, the British Bulldog, uh, Thunder Liger, and the NWO for life. For life. For for life. For life. I think they should have a limited amount of inductions this year since everything is going to lap uh cross over. Yeah. You don't want to flood it where nobody gets their opportunity or gets their due. Yeah, who you, do you know, think will be who do, who do you think will be the big big name this year? Well, I mean, if you look at like main eventers for that class that you just of those names that Ed just mentioned, since it's going to be the both years combined, it would have to be Batista, right? Batista would be the main event, would be the last one in the ceremony, you would think. 
so are you saying that they're not going to induct anybody this year that has a bigger name than Batista? I would think not. I would think you want okay. to give Batista Batista that nod, correct? Okay, sure. All right, but but you know what? You bring up something interesting. Cause I, I and it doesn't really mean a lot in the world of the WWE. But you know what? The fans, it actually does. You know, we talk about first ballot Hall of Famers, right? I would consider you a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, a yep. year okay. after you leave the WWE, you're getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I, I consider that a first uh, a first year induction. Didn't we just see the end of The Undertaker? Yeah, I don't think you can lump The Undertaker in with everybody else. I think his induction needs to be special. I would save it for Texas next year. You don't want his uh, his induction uh, just mixed in, lumped in, watered down. I think he's one of the unique ones that if you were ever going to do a single induction, it would be him. If anybody is worthy of it, it is him. That's what the I only think. other was Andre, I believe. Andre was the only other um, wrestler that went in on his own, and I think that was Andre. Did Andre was early go on, on his own, or like I'm in the early eighties? Sure. I, I, I think we have, we could double check on that, but I think Andre went in on his own. Uh, but but we'll double check that. But I think you're right. What you just said is perfect. Forget about the whole first ballot Hall of Fame bullshit. Next year in Texas. You would think by that time, full stadium of people, Bully, for WrestleMania? Yes. Do that. Just one wrestler goes into the 2022 class of the WWE Hall of Fame, and that's The Undertaker. And I think you sell it out just based on his, his induction into the Hall of Fame, without a doubt. And, I don't, and, and here's the thing. Who inducts him? There's only one person who can induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. Vince. That's it. Vince invented the character. Vince called up Mark Calloway and said, am I speaking to The Undertaker? That's the only guy who can induct him. And Vince has done it once before, I believe, right? Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that's the only time he's ever inducted a wrestler into the Hall of Fame, I believe. I don't remember, but Ed, is that? do you remember if that's true or not? You're supposed to be the fountain of information over there. I'm taking a quick look here. I'm cheating but, by Ed, using the I internet. am right. But I am right, Ed. Andre went in on his own. He's the only and that was before and honestly, that was before the WWE Hall of Fame was really the WWE Hall of Fame as we know it today. That is true. It, it launched the inaugural class was the one single human being as well as it should be, Andre the Giant back in uh nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, and that was before they actually had like the ceremony. That for a time it was the ceremony for the Hall of Fame was extremely small, and now it's in front of a you know full arena of people. So it's completely different. But I, I agree with Bully. The only person that can induct The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame would be Vince McMahon. And if you have Vince in inducting The Undertaker, right there you have, there, there's your main event. You don't yeah. even need an undercard. It's going to sell out just on that alone. And you don't want to have to, let's say you did Taker like um, any other induction Hall of Fame class. 
you got to wait for this person to talk and then this person to talk and then this person to talk. You know Undertaker's going to go last. And then by the time Undertaker goes on, you've already had 10 other people talk. No, I don't want to hear anybody else. I just want to hear the Undertaker. Give him an hour if he wants. He deserves it. It's the only way to do it. I agree with you, you know, because they have the time limits now, especially after, you know, God bless them, the, you know, the Hillbilly Jim induction speech that went on for forever. I mean, you know, you can't. Ha- minutes, five. Yeah, yeah, 50 minutes. And, and no disrespect to Hillbilly Jim, but when you still have other wrestlers that are getting inducted, that was a bit lengthy. You, I, you don't have when they told, uh, when no, they told ahead, us, please. They, 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 they said to us, uh, you have eight minutes for your speech. And I laughed at the at I laughed at the producer. And he goes, well, Vince said eight minutes. I said, tell him we're taking 20. And he's like, what? I said, yeah, we're taking 20. They're like, Bubba, we're really trying to keep things tight this year, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Vince said eight minutes. Maybe I can get you 10. I said, tell Vince we're taking 20. So they brought Vince out to the main stage. We were going through like a rehearsal at, uh, in, um, in, uh, what's New, Orleans. in New Orleans. Yep. Vince comes out and he goes, how much time do you need? I said, we're taking 20. And he goes, fine, you got it. And that was it. Uh, I, I thought your it speech was great. It just has to be an entertaining 20. No, and, and Hillbilly Jim, bless him, no disrespect, <laughs> not the most entertaining 50 minutes that I spent listening to Hillbilly Jim. But, and it's, you know, again, to, to me, Bully, like, I think you're 100% right. You have Undertaker as long, go as long as you want, take as much time as you want, share stories, go. And even have Vince McMahon go out there and and just have him, you know, Vince, take as much time telling stories about The Undertaker. That's a show right there. Let it go, you know, 90 minutes, two hours. That's That's your Hall of Fame ceremony for 2020. And I wonder if there would be uh, have to be any convincing for Vince to be out there. I, I would hope not. I would think not. But Vince does not like to be the focal point of the Hall of Fame. As a matter of fact, you get very specific instructions um, at the Hall of Fame to not talk about Vince. Wow. And they told me, don't talk about Vince. I'm like, nope, I'm sorry. I have a Vince story and I'm telling it. I'll never forget when I met him at LaGuardia Airport at, at, at check-in. And, he, you know, he was flying commercial with, with Linda. And as, after, I, after I met him, uh, I walked away and he said, hey, I'm looking forward to working with you. And I was like, what? What does he know that I don't? And then a week later, we got a phone call. And, you know, the most shocking thing was, wow, Vince is actually flying on a commercial plane? Doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like to be the focal point. He's he's like, listen, this is about you. Uh, this is about your career. Go out there, be entertaining. Get in, get on, get off, get out. Don't talk about me. He does not want to be the focal point at all. Yes, Ed. Speaking of Vince, there is one other person of note that Vincent uh, McMahon inducted into the hall. That was James Dudley back in '94. For those of you who don't know James Dudley, James Dudley was one of Vince seniors right hand man back in the day like when business was still done like with cash and there were like cash gates and stuff like that i know j i don't know the exacts on james dudley but james dudley very close to vince senior 
worked with Vince Sr., especially when they were in the Maryland, you know, in Baltimore. Um, and I actually got to meet James Dudley. I witnessed Vince McMahon care for James Dudley. This was a guy that would still come to the shows at like 90 some odd years, however old he was. He was in a wheelchair and Vince McMahon would wheel him around, give Mr. Dudley his his uh, office. And I don't mean his own office. Vince would actually give James Dudley Vince's office wow. for the day. Um, so this is one of those people that Vince McMahon Jr., uh, made sure that was taken care of for his entire life because of his relationship with Vince's father. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I, I know like later on in his life, they put him, like you mentioned, back on the payroll and stuff like that. So uh, immense respect for James Dudley. Um, go ahead. V Vince McMahon takes a lot of heat from a lot of people. But what most people don't know or don't realize is he does the right thing. He just doesn't publicize it. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't need anybody to know because he knows. And I know of countless people, talents, that have been taken care of just because they did the right thing by Vince. But Vince won't go out there and tout it. He doesn't need anybody to know about it. He doesn't need he doesn't need to chase the hug from anybody. Hey everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. You know, thank you again for letting, and not only for you, but for the class that was uh, that was learning last night. Taking a trip, it was my first time uh, to your school. I mean, amazing school. I've been to a lot of uh, pro wrestling schools. Obviously, the show's been on the air next month, 12 years, so... I, I've been able to attend a few classes at a few different schools. And I'm not just saying it because you're my co-host. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, we're on the air together today. I mean, top-notch, just uh, an amazing facility uh, in Danbury, Connecticut. And, man, it was, it was great seeing you in that element, you know, coaching up the class and teaching that class because with the same intensity that you have on this show and the same intensity that you have in the ring when you're wrestling, you have that same intensity when you're teaching and, and in, a, in a great positive way as well. I mean, to see you work in that atmosphere, it was definitely eye-opening and I saw a different side of you and it was great to see that. And I had a, Wonderful time, and I learned a lot by being at the Team 3D Academy last night. Well, that, that's important. I'm glad to hear you say that you learned something last night because that's what the whole experience is about. I'm a very big believer in all of the problems that we see with wrestlers today, whether it's a lack of psychology, a lack of storytelling, not being executed being able to execute moves properly, mechanics, uh, backstage de uh, demeanor, um, uh, how to conduct yourself as a business person. It all starts at the wrestling school you attend. That's where you get broken in. Um, 
it, that's where you get trained as a puppy, you know, in, in the wrestling business. That's where you learn how to become a Marine. That's boot camp. And if you train the right way and if you learn the right way, you're going to have the best opportunity to succeed. And I see so many problems in wrestling today and i immediately know that's because they weren't trained the right way at wrestling school that's because they weren't taught etiquette at uh, at wrestling school and it goes back to the people that are instilling this knowledge into younger wrestlers so that's what we strive to do at all times make sure that you are 100 percent ready inside and outside of the ring uh, for a career in the world of pro wrestling. As far as Gabby is concerned, wow. Wow. You know what? Before I give my honest assessment on how Gabby performed last night, instead of making that scrunch face at me, Gabby, why don't you tell me how your experience was last night? Um, so when I got there, I, wait, 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 wait. How is your ass this morning? <laughs> My ass is okay. I took the two leave like you told me. So I'm feeling okay this morning. I will say okay. it was the smartest thing I've ever done was take those leaves before I went to bed. But I will say I got there and you hear the students in the ring, like slamming on the mat, which is something I've only heard once in my entire life. I went to one SmackDown and heard that. So it's not something I'm used to hearing or seeing. And like, I think I went in and I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to do this. Like I'll put my mind to it. I'm going to be okay. And you hear it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I was very nervous and I don't get nervous very easily. And I was like, oh my God, I'm scared. So I was very scared, but you were amazing. Like you showed me exactly how to get into the ring, which made me feel better. Cause I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to get in there. You know, you showed me step-by-step what to do. We went through the fundamentals of like taking a bump. And like you said, it's a very mental game. You have to, in your mind, basically tell yourself what your body has to do. And you can either do it or you're going to wimp out. And if you don't do it right, you're going to hurt yourself. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to over. It's a very strong-minded kind of sport, which I was not privy to knowing because I've never done it before. You have to have a different level of respect when you're in there and you're doing what these people do. Now I'm telling you, it's going to change my perspective watching every day. Cause I'm going to be like, wow, like it took me that long to figure out how to do one thing right one time. You know, I did it right once and you were like, okay, do it again now, like five more times. So I will say I was nervous in the beginning when I finally got one, right. It was the greatest feeling I've ever had in my life. I was like exhilarated and I want to do it again. Cause I loved it. And I thought it was so much fun and it's very challenging, but in a good way. So I'm coming back. Just saying. Okay, wow. no problem. You, you, you did very well. It took about, I'd say it took about a half an hour for you to get your first one uh, that looked, you know, looked decent, looked okay. And once I saw that one, then I knew you were starting to understand it. Um, so you did a good job. By the end of the night, you were taking a decent bump. And if you take a bump the right way, as I kind of explained to the both of you last night, and I'll explain to the nation, if you take a bump the right way, nothing will hurt because you're absorbing the entire blow with every inch of your body. So uh, it's good to hear that you have a new respect for you know what pro wrestlers go through. And for the both of you, so you got to you you get to witness with your eyes and ears a WrestleMania main event. 
and everything that goes into a WrestleMania main event and the athleticism and the spectacle and everything that comes with that level of pro wrestling. And yesterday you both got to experience day one. So imagine what it's like. So Gabby, especially with you, like getting your, telling your mind to get rid of the fear and having your, throwing your legs in the air, landing on your back and throwing your arms out and slapping the mat and recoiling and all these different things you had to do at the same time. How difficult was that? And then compare that to having to perform in the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, it's, it's insane. It's honestly insane. I couldn't imagine. And then it's like too bully. Um, you know, you, in your mind, you have to know what to do because you just memorize what you're doing in the match with somebody else. So you have to know what your next step is going to be before you're even doing it. So it has to be a constant motion. You can't think about what you're doing because you need to be, you know, aware of what's going on around you. If something changes or if you have to like think on the fly, it's so many elements that go into something. It's not just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go, you know, I played soccer my whole life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and try my hardest and I'm going to go out and play soccer. It's so different because it's such a mental game and, you know, you have to show up and know what's going on. Like you can't check out ever. You can't have a bad day really. Cause if you have a bad day, the only person you're going to hurt is that person you're out there with or just hurt yourself because you can't turn it off because you have to be on all the time. It's a lot, man. It's, it's crazy. Whoever thinks that like wrestling is like, Oh, fake whatever and has no respect for it should get into a ring with you and try to take a, do a bump and then let me know how you feel about it after. Well, Gabby, so, you said something that's interesting because you mentioned soccer and, and probably everyone that's listening to our show this morning at some point played some kind of organizational sport, whether it be football, basketball, soccer, or baseball. It's now you for say baseball, for example, you need great eye and hand coordination, but it's natural to swing the bat the way you swing right. the bat. You know, when you're playing soccer, obviously everybody knows the object is to kick the ball and to try to get it into the goal. The one thing I realized being in that ring last night with Bully is everything that Bully was asking us to do is completely unnatural. So when you look at everything with other sports, it's it's natural to do the things, the running, you know, catching, throwing. It's it's all natural, instinctive motions. But when it comes to pro wrestling, there's nothing natural about it. Bully, you just started off the show asking me and Gabby how our asses are, because the first thing you learn is how to fall. But you're learning how to fall completely different than I have fallen in my life for 49 years. When I fall, what do I do? I try to break my fall. Now I'm learning how to fall backwards, not not really actually seeing where my body is going and just letting it happen and letting na- nature take its course. That's completely unnatural because bully, the first instinct is either to throw your hand behind your b- body or to fall on your ass. So to fall completely solid on your back is just completely unnatural to do. And the first time I did it, because there's so many things that you have to know. All right, you got to tuck your head, the way your arms have to fall. And I and I did it and I didn't I didn't tuck my head and Boom, the back of my head hits the mat. That's a wake-up call that you're doing something completely wrong because if you're feeling pain, then you're obviously doing it the wrong way. So the one thing I learned, Bully, is that it's almost – when you first started doing it and first started showing Gabby and I, I was like, 
there's no way I'm going to be able to do this because everything I've learned for 49 years of my life, I now have to unlearn. Well, what was funny for me is uh, I knew that you were going to stop down because you wanted to see Gabby take her first bump. But after you saw Gabby in the ring for about five minutes, you started to pace like a little schoolboy. And then you you didn't want to say anything. But then I kind of looked over at you and you're like, can I try? Can I try? And I was like, yeah, sure. Get in the ring. And then I'm just watching your face through the whole time, like watching you go through the whole gamut of emotions. You're excited. But then all of a sudden you got really nervous. You're like, holy shit, I'm really in the ring and I'm really about to take a bump and I have to throw myself backwards. And it is unnatural. The body will always want to protect itself. The body will always instinctually brace itself for a fall. Well, if you fall backwards, you're going to reach behind your body to try to brace the fall. Or you're going to try to fall straight down on your ass and take it on the meat or the fat of your ass. That's not what you do in wrestling, because if you do that your whole career, you won't have a career. You have to train your body to fall in an unnatural way so that you can actually learn how to properly protect yourself. And that's just on a back bump. Think of all the insane shit that you see go on in a ring where you have to train your body to allow it to happen. And... That's why, you know, like I I always compare it to a drummer, like a great drummer, a Neil Peart, a Dave Lombardo, guys who can have their both of their arms, both of their feet doing four completely seven separate beats at the same time, but somehow hold it down. It all sounds sounds great and makes sense. That's what you're doing with your body. Uh, so it was it was fun watching you guys do it. I'm glad you came down. Uh, Gabby seems to have the now she's got the itch. You can you can see wrestling course your veins like it's the first time you do a drug. Like anybody that likes that drug, for, I, I shouldn't be comparing it to drugs, but that's just the first thing. Or the first time you eat something that you really like, you're like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing that I've ever put in my mouth. That was weird. Um, and you need to have more, and you need to have more of it. And that's what it is, because you could see when Gabby took that first bump, she's like, I got to do this again. I got to do this again. I got to do this again. You, not so much. No, but you know what? Like, but you mentioned a drug because it is a, it is like a high and it is an addiction. Like before we started taking bumps, you had us doing exercise. I was so excited. Not that I ever think I could do anything like this. Obviously, I'm. It's late in the game. I'm 49 years old, and I've never done anything like it before. But it was just fun to see that perspective and that other side of it because it's going to help me with what I do, knowing what goes into everything that you do. Um, Gabby, though, I saw the, the light in the eye, like, you're right. Like she was nervous and scared because she's not the longtime pro wrestling fan bully. So, you know, her seeing that wrestling ring, it's not going to be like me and that excitement and that adrenaline rush before she got in that ring. She was really nervous and scared. And she was telling me, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. This I don't, I don't think I want to do this. But what got me excited is that once you're right, Bully, once she took that first bump, I could see that that this is something she wants to do. Like, you know, you said that's good. You every time you said do it again, she wanted to do it again. 
She wanted to improve. She wanted to get better. I was very excited uh, seeing Gabby in the ring last night and seeing how excited she was on improving and getting better. Well, if you have natural athletic ability, like I always talk about, remember the number one person that I talk about is Charlotte when I talk to God-given athletic ability. And Gabby was an athlete her whole life, and she played soccer. So, you know, you can see it. Actually, you got to witness uh, another girl that was there for the first time last night. Her name was Marissa, and she was a gymnast and a bodybuilder. So she was she got in the ring, and she was able to execute a couple things very very quickly because in gymnastics and in tumbling they teach you how to protect yourself just in case anything goes wrong and pro wrestling you're in a constant state of protecting yourself so think about having to train people that have no athletic ability i have guys and girls who have walked through my doors over the past 12 13 years and i'll sit down and i'll talk to them okay okay you know what sports did you play in in school in junior high in high school have you ever been coached and they're like uh well you know i i i play basketball with my friends every once in a while i'm like that's your level of athletic ability you've done nothing else you've never played an organized sport i don't even care if you wrestled in high school you never played an organized sport or have been coached. And they're like, no. So, And then my next question is, what makes you think you can do this? Being a pro wrestler is the hardest thing in the world to do athletically because the body and mind have to come together in ways that I do not see in any other sport. And oh, by the way, you have to entertain. An offensive lineman has to remember about 500, uh, 500 plays, but all he has to do is execute the play. He doesn't have to worry about whether or not the play is entertaining. And I always compare it to MMA also. When you get into that, those MMA uh, fighters, extremely talented, obviously. Great athletes, uh, phenomenal. But when you get into an octagon, what's your job? Hit somebody else, <laughs> beat somebody else, not get hit, and beat your opponent. If it's not entertaining, oh, well, so be it. Pro wrestling has to bring all that together, and that's why it's, uh, it's so difficult. So I thought you guys did a good job. It was entertaining. Dave, watching you flail and fall like a wet noodle. Uh, and we got it all on videotape and, and yes. we got Gabby's, we got Gabby's first bump on videotape. We got Dave falling down like a wet noodle on videotape. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get it out there for the nation. To see. Well, let's put it, let's put it this way. If the nation wants to see Gabby take her first bump. And if they want to see you falling down like a wet noodle, like you have no bones in your body, hit us up on the old uh, Twitter machine and let us know. Well, I mean, I will say this as well. Uh, the, the school is phenomenal. Team 3D Academy in Danbury, Connecticut. Also, too, everybody in, on staff there, the students were, I appreciate them giving up a little bit of their time of their night to let Gabby and I in uh, and have some time in the ring. So we really, really appreciate it. Great staff, great great students. I'm telling you, your students were wrestling. <laughs> Those matches I was watching, it's about as good as some of the stuff that I see on a Monday night. Got to be completely honest with you. The one match I was completely into. So, and that was much better better than 
you know, half the matches I saw this past Monday on Raw. So. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. We started the show, and I'm going to get to the nation because we have a lot of nation members that want to join in on our crazy conversation. Do you think Gabby has the potential to be a superstar in the ring? Uh, it was a decent first night. Yep. If she bumped more and talked less, she might, yeah, she might have even had a better night. Well, you talk about talk, and we know that Gabby had a great first night, and we heard the promo she cut on Tommy last week, but you have to be consistent. And you did say to Gabby at the beginning of the show that she has to cut a promo on you, sir, by the end of the show today. So we're not going to we're not going to do it on me here. I'm going to do the same drill with Gabby as I do with wrestling students. So here we go, Gabby. Gabby, if you could wrestle any woman a lot alive today, who would it be? Uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Okay, if you could wrestle in any arena in the world, where would it be? I don't really know arenas very well, but... Okay, Madison Square Garden. Okay, MSG, sure. Yeah, okay, how you doing? If uh, you could wrestle for any championship, what championship would you want to wrestle for? Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Okay, SmackDown Women's Championship. And should I change my a, person then since she's not on SmackDown? Can you see this is the problem. Last night you talked too uh, much. Just answer the questions for now. Fine. If you had a finishing move, what would the finishing move be called? The Gabagool. Okay, the Gabagool. And do do you have a name? Do you have a stage name? Is it like something Gabio? What's your name? What's your persona? What's your ring name? <sighs> The gift? Okay. Because I'm the we'll gift call you the gift. You're, we'll just call you the gift. Okay? So, this Saturday night in Madison Square Garden, the gift will wrestle Raquel Gonzalez for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and she will defeat her with the Gabagool. That is known as the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Those are your bullet points of the promo. Now, on the count of three... Put together a promo and sell me a ticket. One, two, three. I bet you're all wondering why I am deserving of the SmackDown Women's Championship, right? I know you're all out there. What's going on? What's happening? Raquel Gonzalez is tall. She's strong. She is a force to be reckoned with. You know what I am? I'm a bigger force to be reckoned with. I take the risks. I'm not coming in as the favorite. I might be the underdog, but I'm the dog that's going to bite harder than what Raquel thinks she can do. She needs that help from Dakota Kai because she can't do it on her own. I stand solo. I don't have Dave in my corner. He always turns on me. Tommy turns on me. Bully turns on me. Can I rely on Mark? I'm not sure because I grew up knowing I trust nobody except myself. 
So Raquel Gonzalez better be scared to step into a ring with me because I am fearless and I'm not scared of her. She can play her little role of being that mean girl, dominant, the force to be reckoned with. I am not scared of her. I'm going to step into that ring and prove to her why I am the gift. And I'm going to show up that day, making every person that watches an MSG aware of why I'm the gift. And you know what? You're welcome. Okay. That was actually really Not good. Bad. That was great. Okay. So, that was actually so good. Ed, Ed and Dave, would you buy a ticket to see Gabby versus Raquel Gonzalez? I will. And, I'm, and I actually took some notes while she was talking. Uh, I love how she put, first of all, she put over Raquel Gonzalez. I love it. So when she eventually beats Raquel Gonzalez, it's going to be a big deal because she put her over. She did a great job of promoting the show and all the people that are involved in the show. So thank you, Gabby, now that you've become big time, that you still remember the roots and where you came from, and that's busted open. She talked about the gift. You told about the where and the why and the how, and she did all those things. She hit on all that stuff. She brought up her finisher, and she brought up the fact that she's going to be wrestling Raquel Gonzalez at Madison Square Garden. I thought all around that was a very good promo by Gabby. Ed? I... I agree completely. I concur. That was fantastic. She put over, as Dave said, she put over her opponent. She reinforced why she feels she is superior to her opponent. And she drew you into the, the contest between the two competitors. It was a great promo. And that's all that matters. Whether or not people will spend money to see you. And that's what, well, that's what you have to do. You got to make them want to put their, their hand in your pocket. Out of, so here, a little trivia, for, not trivia, but a little lesson for you. Out of the who, what, when, where, why, and how, which one of those bullet points, Gabby, do you think are the most important? Um, I think the who is, in, is very important. So tell me why you think the who is the most important. Like why I have to mention who I'm going up against, because if I don't sell them on wanting to see me against that person and they're not invested in why we are fighting, then they're having a match and there's no reason for anybody to watch. So you're 50% there. The who is the most important because it's not necessarily about who you're facing. It's about who you are. You have to assume that this is the first time that anybody is going to ever hear you cut a promo and they don't know who you are. They know who Raquel Gonzalez is. So by the time you're done with your promo, you want people in the audience to turn to their friends and go, wow, I want to buy a ticket to see the gift against Raquel Gonzalez. You want your name to roll off their tongue first. You want them spending money on you. That'll be $3,500, please. <laughs> Gabby, I'm buying a ringside seat to see you against Raquel. And by the way, I'm already thinking of other stuff that I could have said, like, because mm. I have a little bit of time. Oh. I wish I said some other stuff. That was your but. opportunity. And and sometimes, and, and actually many times in wrestling, especially in the WWE, they will pull you into a room called the pre-tape room and put you in front of a green screen and say, go. And you're like, what? Go. Sell something. Do a promo. Do something that makes us want to take this tape and put it on the next desk so it, 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 you, maybe you get to the next level. Can you I always can, have to be ready in this business? Can I tell you what I would want would have added to it? No. 
No, oh, next time. no, because you didn't add to it. You had your opportunity to give us your best. You gave us what you thought was your best. Now you're telling me you have something better. Uh-uh. Save it for the next promo. I thought you well, did a great did job, Gabby. I think it was just okay. I thought your promo on Tommy was better. I think you were trying to, I think halfway through you got better because you got a little bit more confident in yourself. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't pay to see that match though. I am. I'm buying I think you'd get squashed in three minutes by Raquel Good Gonzalez. Job, Gabby. <laughs> anyway, well, you well, she only knows chopper. how to do a back bump for crying out loud. Give her a little bit more time. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. All right, let's go out to Adam in Wisconsin. What's going on, Adam? Dave Foley, how are you guys doing this morning? What's up, buddy? Hey, man, I just wanted to give you guys a quick call. Um, Not too wrestling-related, but I just wanted to call and say thank you to you guys. Uh, Dave, Bully, Tommy, Mark, Gabby, Ed. Um, my father just passed away. We're going on three months tomorrow. Uh, he's the reason I watched pro wrestling for 26 years. And in 2001, he took me to my first taping of Monday Night Raw when we saw the Dudley Boys go against Edge and Christian in a hardcore match. Um, and that's the first time I saw my dad pop huge for Bully Ray and the Dudley boys. And that was just a memory that came up in my mind while driving around at work today. It's been a tough couple months since he's passed, but I just wanted to call and say thank you for giving me busted open every day, giving me an outlet to listen to wrestling talk. Um, and, you know, just thank you for everything you guys do for us wrestling fans who you might not know how much appreciate that. So thank you so much for everything you guys do. Wow, Adam, uh, thanks for the phone call, and so sorry for your loss. And, you know, Bully, we hear stories all the time about, you know, that relationship uh, between a parent and a son or a daughter, um, you know, giving the gift of pro wrestling. And obviously Adam's going to be a pro wrestling fan for life because of that relationship with his father. So, Adam, once again, thank, thank you for giving us those kind words and so sorry for your loss. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And, uh... One other thing, just want to let you know quick, Bully. Um, I don't actually live in Sheboygan, but I live about 20 minutes out of it, and it makes me laugh every time. (laughs) (laughs) Sheboygan is one of the best cities ever. You know what I'm talking about, brother. You're damn right I do, man. (laughs) Thank you guys again, and I will hang up Thank you very much for calling in and sharing that story with us. Absolutely, guys. Thank you again, and uh, hopefully talk to you guys soon. You guys take care. You know, and and hearing this phone call from Adam, my my uh, you know my brother was over the house, and my brother is not um, a pro wrestling fan, never was. And, you know, we used to have to drag him to the matches when my parents would take me for my birthday or something. He would go kicking and screaming, and he was over the house recently, and we had wrestling on because wrestling is usually on in my house. And right. my brother made a comment, and my and my daughter, who really doesn't watch anymore, she's more of a casual viewer now. But she she really went off on her uncle. <laughs> it was like, and, and my brother was like, "Whoa!" And she's like, "You know, in this house, 
pro wrestling is a big deal in this house. And she's like, and my brother was like, you don't even really watch wrestling anymore, Abby. And Abigail said, wrestling is always going to be a part of my life. And and I feel like a lot of the people who call into this show, Bully, and, you know, a lot of the fans really don't watch, you know, week in and week out. We hear from a lot of people that don't watch, but they catch up on pro wrestling just listening to our show. Wait, wait, we just heard from Reggae Dad, who, you know, hadn't wa- watched for a while, but yet still listens. Um when pro wrestling is in you, it's in you. Like, and it's hard to escape it. And you may not watch for a year, five years, ten years, but it's still always a part of your life. And I love hearing stories like the one that Adam just shared about his dad because whether he watches each and every week, it doesn't matter. Pro wrestling, because of his relationship with his dad, is always going to be a part of his life. I am thoroughly convinced that everybody at one time or another in their life is a pro wrestling fan, whether they became a pro wrestling fan like me or you did, or it's because their grandparents or their parents watch it on TV. We all, everybody has at least a pro wrestling story. And when you just said like when pro wrestling gets in you, it really gets in you. Look at what, look at what happened to Gabby. Like, she came on this show just as uh, an intern or an AP or whatever the hell she was with no wrestling knowledge, watched wrestling along with us, became a fan of wrestling, gets in there last night, takes her first bump, and now she's like, oh, my God, I got to do this again. I got to do this again. Whether you're a fan of it and need to watch or in a situation where you're actually getting to get into the ring, it's a very unique adrenaline rush pro wrestling. It's a very unique form of entertainment that, if it hooks you, will hook you for life. Yeah, and, and you know what? You may get away from it. It only takes gra- seeing a match or seeing a clip that's just going to get you right back in again. You know, it, that's all it takes. And the fact that we are able to be that tool for a lot of pro wrestling fans or former pro wrestling fans that still tune into us just to keep updated on stuff, I, I, I've, I find it a gift, Bully. And I know you probably get stories like that all the time. You know, you, your long Hall of Fame career, I'm sure there's so many fans that stop you on the street just to share a moment that may have been another match for you in your career, but that one match might be a life-changing moment for somebody who watched it. Oh, and yeah, you get the, those moments where it's like, uh, Bubba, I saw you in 2001 in Des Moines, and you pointed at me. I was in the 13th row. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You do? Absolutely, sure. It made their day, you know? It, yeah. it, it's, like, it's like when you were in the 13th row and Alice Cooper pointed in your direction, but you saw Alice Cooper was pointed at you, right? No, yeah, he was definitely pointing at me. And, and you're like, you're telling all that. your friends, oh, my God, he pointed at me. He pointed at me. I'm thoroughly convinced. It's like when you go to the strip club and you tell your friends, no, I think she really likes me. She told me to come back and see her again. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of tipping will do that. <laughs> she so. said, come back and see her tomorrow. She really wants to see me, guys. Look, I even got her number, 555-1212. <laughs> Eight seven oh boy stories. Eight seven seven three. Is that what's in Sheboygan, by the way? Did they have a really cool Oh uh... Sheboygan is a great city to party in. Oh, you would never think it. A lot of stuff going on in Sheboygan. Really? <laughs> Interesting. 
Sheboygan. Who knew? Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.